This is In the Trenches, Broadcast 56. Welcome to In the Trenches, where entrepreneurs, artists, writers, designers, inventors, warriors, and leaders share their stories of doing the hard, creative work that impacts all of our lives. Let the journey inspire you to do something worthwhile, build something bold, and create your life's work. And now, your host, Tom Morgus. Welcome back, everyone, to another broadcast of In the Trenches. Today's guest is Katrina Tan, who is a freelance filmmaker and designer at ZeroTheOne.com. And today, we'll probably talk about a bunch of different subjects in and around art and um, creation. But specifically, what I want to focus on is the concept of creating within constraints or within constraints. So if if that's a little um, conceptual, hopefully we'll dig down and make it quite practical. But Katrina, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate uh, this opportunity to be able to exchange. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. So tell us a little, that was a quick, really brief bio, but uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing right now. All right. Well, so I'm a freelance video maker and designer. Um, I've been doing a lot of workshops as well. I did one online on Skillshare last year. And I've since then, I've been doing also live workshops um, around Europe. I'm based in Rome, Italy. And I feel like my service is to be able to empower people to use new media tools, video especially, to be able to find their tribe, move their story forward, and make the change that they want to see in the world. And Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about um, uh, what you do on a, a daily basis when it comes to, say, film, uh, you know, film production and, and the art that you create. Well, I really like working with people. I feel that that's where I'm like, you know, I come alive when I'm collaborating, sparking, um, bouncing ideas off of other people and other creatives. And so I do a lot of collaborations. Uh, one of my main clients is Katie Parla. She's like a food critic and a historian based here in Rome. She writes for the New York Times, The Guardian, and I've been doing videos for her. And she and other people who I've been collaborating with both agree that if you really want to push your story, make your vision realized in the world, and especially online, Video is one of the most powerful tools to communicate that and to make that impression in a short period of time. And my goal is really to help spread that word out, help empower people to get to use it and to communicate more meaningful stories. Um, on a daily basis, I I guess I spend a lot of time either I, I shoot outside, I schedule appointments, I... That's kind of like my, my life, day-to-day. Um, editing on the computer. Um, my social media, I love to be on Instagram. I'm mm-hmm. very visual. So in a way, like the video, the visual photography. Uh, well, you know, video is like the house of all of this variety of ways to express yourself. And that's why I'm using video. Because at, at the beginning, I was really a visual artist. I was a painter. 
And then I went to do mixed media. And then eventually I discovered photography and then film. And I realized, shit, on film, you can also do animation. And so suddenly all of these different ways to express yourself was available to me through video. And that's also why it's my favorite media tool to use. Um, I digress. Oh, that's <laughs> that's basically it. Yeah. So, so let's go ahead and dive into the subject of, of art within constraints. So tell me a little bit about that. Um, and, and especially in the context of, of your experience, um, creating, um, but but working within that that limited space, I guess you could say. Yeah, well, I love this subject um, also because I've lived it. Um, I come from the south of the Philippines, so in this island called Mindanao. And where I'm from, I, I, I come from humble, I come from humble origins. Uh, we d- I didn't have a lot of opportunity to um, explore the I wanted to study, for example, art, and I couldn't because it was not available in my hometown. And But then I, it didn't stop me, right? So I kind of, how do you say, um, I think the best example is when Photoshop came out, and that was the, the time when a lot of uh, bootlegging, a lot of downloading of probably not something I promote out there, but I did what I could with um, the available tools that I had. I had a computer and I downloaded a bootleg copy of Photoshop and other Adobe products. And I formed, we formed a group, me and a group of people in my hometown. We explored Photoshop. We did photo shoots using one of those ancient digital cameras where you put like a diskette inside. And mm-hmm. it was like just creative play and exploration. And I remember that, wow, because of this digital format, suddenly art is like available to everyone all of a sudden. It's like all the many ways you could express um, creatively. Um, Also, I I read this book and this guy, T.L.A. Triggs, he said in uh, in this article called Constraint is a State of Mind, he says, Many view constraint as an imposition, as a hindrance, rather than as a catalyst for liberating the process of design. And I also do graphic design, so I was reading this book on design, right? And I thought, um, that's right. It's really a catalyst for freeing up the process of design. I mean, I realized this only after I started to enter into situations where I had everything that I needed to create something. Suddenly, I would be so blocked because suddenly the options were too many that it would just confuse me. But when I was, for example, living like in a ghetto place in Manila, um, that's the capital of the Philippines, and I was literally poor and didn't have a lot of options to uh, work. And and then I I landed, I, I started to teach in this art school and I had to prove myself like by using all the available tools that I had. I had that camera using the diskette and then I used the images that I took with that camera and transformed them into art and was able to show that, you know, you could innovate with the limited tools that you, you have. Um, how about another example? Um, 
Lars von Trier, who's a pretty famous film director and very audacious in his approach, uh, he uh, formed a group of um, filmmakers who were just very, um, who basically imposed constraint. Uh, what he, I quote, he says, having too much freedom meant a loss of purpose. And by imposing restrictions, we would foster a better clarity of purpose. So I like that. I like the idea that freedom is not necessarily uh, the requisite for creating great things, epic shit, as we like to say. Uh, sometimes the constraint is will actually squeeze out the creative juices out of you. Um, and so... Lars Boncher, one of his films, for example, is called Breaking the Waves, which is a very moving, very intense film. The whole film, and it won awards, by the way. He shot the whole film handheld. Um, and I think that when you do something like that, especially in film language, it cuts that barrier of formality when you're able to kind of like run and follow an, uh, your actors and not have to put things on tripods and just basically changes the, the way that you tell a story and the way that you can capture your actor in the more, in a more authentic fashion. Um, yeah, these are yeah. some ideas and constraints. So, so tell me a little bit about then in the concept of, uh, you know, constraints, you grew up without the choice of constraints. So tell me now, uh, maybe and maybe that's worth reflecting on too but how about the idea of the people that maybe don't have that forced restraint or constraint um how do you create it in a healthy way um and engineer constraint kind of into your into your creative diet if you will does that make sense yeah you're you're saying like how can you stage a, a space like like yeah, recreate a constraint in your own creative process. Is that what mm -hmm. you're saying? Exactly. Well, I, I think that you could do that by limiting a little bit your options. Um, like a, a lot of people say, okay, let's um, say if you have like 10, 10 things that you want to work on, uh, there's an, like an exercise where you kind of like choose like which ones are the most relevant to you. Um, in my idea, for example, when I'm trying to communicate a video story, I try to zone in on the top three things that I really want to communicate. Say, if it's a video portrait, which is usually what I, I do, I've, that term video portrait, it's like a portrait of someone, instead it's moving and it's somebody's story. Um, when I'm doing it with somebody, I always think, okay what are the top three things about this person do I really want to show the world? What is it that makes this person shine best? And I will zone in on those three things. And sometimes they're not things that would normally make sense. Sometimes it would be, well, you know what? There's something about the way this person stutters or there's something about the way they walk or there's just three key things that would then kind of tinge or color or steep the whole film and in, into its richness. Uh, 
Does that make any sense? Is that yeah? And on a practical, standpoint, I don't want to be too vague. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, on a practical, sorry, on a practical standpoint, my, my I guess my my question is, um, you know, where where do we draw the constraints? So so say we have access to certain resources. Say we have access to, uh, you know, a blank canvas or or not even a canvas, just a blank anything. Where yeah. do you start? How do you begin? Um, for and this is, I think this relates to business as much as anything creative, right? An art, right. Or writing, or whatever. But because I, I think the thing is, the the reason I'm bringing this up, and maybe this will help frame it better. But the blank canvas or just the blank screen is intimidating. I think it's overwhelming. So how do you go about if you're the person who wants to create? How do you go about defining or constricting the or putting a box around whatever it is that you're going to create? Right. I think it. De- it depends also because in the context of business, the way that I approach it anyway is that my bottom line is having that authentic service or connection with people, my particular type of audience. So obviously, we, you have to have a specific, a specific group of people you want to serve, right? And also identifying what it is exactly that you are able to do that you can, you are good at and that you also enjoy doing and then find where that and that specific type of people kind of like, you know, will pay to do. And then that's business, right? That's kind of both agree, agree that that's what it is. But for me, when I'm looking at all the possible options that I can do and I get where you're coming from, because if you're a creative person and you could do all sorts of things, like there's an infinite possibility for you to, explore i like to begin at what is most uh what allows me most to affect some kind of positive change those people i want to um i want to touch i want to i want to affect right and for me i start with that it's like okay i want to make i want to radically help and improve these people's lives what can I do that can help them radically uh, change their lives or their work or their, make their dreams happen or something? What can I do that can help them that? Oh, well, I can create things. I can create really awesome things using video and using the limited, limited tools to um, make a good video. So, so I, I did a workshop on that. I, I did the uh, workshop on Skillshare. It's called Muse. A video portrait workshop and basically all the things that I've said about constraint and stuff I've applied it on that workshop and basically telling people there's no excuse for you not to start using video because ABC and then that's how I went about it and it actually had very good response and people were actually you know felt even more confident thinking well heck this woman did a bunch of videos using just her webcam and she was able to make it awesome and then people thought Heck, I thought I need like professional equipment and before I could start making videos. Sure. I need a DSLR or I need a really good microphone. But no, you just really Maybe. need to just start and then things will kick in. Mm-hmm. Um, did I answer exactly. a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> Help me navigate the sea. Yeah. You can tell me if things are not. Yeah, no, I think going. that's really great. Um, so, my, my next question for this is. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, I, I wonder now in the context of how do you find that line between what you're creating and, and who it's for, and, and yet at the same time, uh, you know, authentically creating what it is, what your vision is. Uh, 
so that that balance is that you know that when it when it comes to the creative form so you kind of mentioned you said you you kind of do you you define those lines um based on impact or based on the intended impact so tell me a little bit more about that and how you um judge that how do you know what's what's going to resonate or what's going to impact well well you know i first start with my gut instinct basically i I also already in my real day-to-day life always try to provoke some kind of creative collaboration with people, friends even. Like just recently I started collaborating with a good friend of mine on an online course. She's a flower designer. And I and she and I will mention that she's actually had some problems, health problems that have prevented her from practicing her craft as a designer. And then when we had this conversation, a creative idea came into my mind and I thought, hey, you don't actually have to be just like the normal designer, you know, making bouquets or arranging for weddings or whatever. You could do an online course and you don't have to stress your body and inflict more pain. You just shoot, you just shoot this course once and you can just sell it and we try it out, right? Um, for me, it, I, of course, I, I have all these, I have a, immense curiosity uh, about people and an immense need to want to connect and to want to collaborate. And I feel that out of that curiosity and that friendship or, or conversation that I spark with people, that's where I actually get these ideas to create products. And, and then we see, right, you have to test it out. And then the feedback will then help you um, master whatever it is, you know? Yeah. So whatever, I'm curious about yeah. that too, in, in the context of, cause in the business, business space, uh, I, I think, uh, we, well within limits, of course, like testing is pretty, a fairly simple process. Um, and it's, it's pretty cut and dry, but when it comes to art, how do you, how do you test something? How do you test the impact or test the response of something that you create um, when it's not, doesn't seem to be quite as tangible as say something that's like, you know, a product that you can buy or whatever, and you can, you can test out. You right. Know, the, right. So, so how do you do that with art? Yeah. With art. Well, so far I I'd say, because I've been doing less of like art art, I've been doing more of like mm-hmm. workshops, live workshops right. and, and collaboration, collaborative projects. Uh, for me, with that, with that work, art is more difficult. And a lot of, it depends on the context. Obviously, if we were talking about contemporary art, there's a whole contemporary art scene, and it operates in a different manner than it does with workshops and all of these other things. It's a whole different world, so I'm not going to get into that. But I'll talk to you about uh, my experience of testing with my online, oh, with my online and my live workshops. So I've I've done a bunch of workshops. I did uh, one in Berlin, another in Amsterdam, one in Zeist. Oh no, sorry, yeah, Amsterdam and Zeist. So I did a bunch of live, and also in Barcelona, and all of these, and with different audiences too. And the way that I measure how effective I am is, is really seeing if after what I did, the workshop is seeing if people follow through, if people actually get started 
and or if people you know express like a real con- like interest in engaging in the topic that I'm in the workshop uh, in the yeah the topic um I'm also still learning um every time you refine right every time you you do it you get better at it uh but for me I think it's really when what I teach becomes somebody's you know people take it on and really integrate it into their life that it becomes something natural for them and that um yeah for for example I think the test with the online workshop I did in Skillshare was that um, a lot of people actually did a video for their about page. So that was actually kind of like a very like a fast leap forward because actually the main objective for that workshop was basically to just get people started in making videos. So, and my, the way that I presented the workshop wasn't just some kind of like technical how to make a video, but basically, hey, have fun with whatever tools you have. Use your smartphones, use your webcam, whatever camera you have. It's going to be fun. We're going to learn a little bit about basic video shooting and we're going to tell a story in, in the process. But at the end of it, I'm really like shocked at how people kind of pushed it to the limits and made about me videos um so yeah uh, yeah you just kind of have to really just give it your your best of, of course you have mm-hmm. to have that feedback but at the same time sometimes it just takes a life of its own and you just kind of like wonder how did that go <laughs> how did that happen just um i don't yeah. think there's science to it <laughs> right yeah. No, that's interesting. Okay, cool. Well, you know, um, we're coming up actually to the to the end point here. So why don't you go ahead and, and let people know where they can reach out to you and check out some of your workshops and learn more about how you, well, learn more about you and connect with you and, and um, maybe partake in some of your, your courses. Thanks, Tom. Well, okay. Uh, you can find me on zerotheone.com. And there's everything's on there. You can sign up for my newsletter. That's where I announce all of my different workshops. And then next year, I also plan to launch my first live creative retreat here in Italy. So I would love for you to please follow the progression of this creative exploration. And yeah, online workshops as well will be found on there. Thank you so much, Tom, for having yeah, no, it's it's my pleasure. I'm really glad to have you on. It was fun to kind of explore this topic a little bit. So, Katrina, thank you so much. And uh, we'll definitely be in touch. And I'll make sure to link up everything in the show notes when this goes live. Awesome. All the best to you, man. And that wraps up another broadcast of In the Trenches. If you're interested in checking out the show notes, just head over to tomworkers.com slash podcast to see our latest episodes. Also, I just wanted to give a quick update to fans and listeners of In the Trenches and specifically what I'm working on right now. For the past two years, I've been publishing books, my own and others, through Insurgent Publishing, my boutique publishing company. In the past six months alone, I've helped four individual authors launch their books to bestseller on Amazon, including Dan Norris's The Seven Day Startup and David Nihil's Do You Talk Funny, among others. And both of those books are still top of the charts months after launch. I've learned two important things from all this. Number one, that people still read books. 
And believe it or not, they're willing to pay for the good ones. And number two, the $60 billion book industry is only getting bigger and the barrier to entry is only getting lower, which means access to this market has never been closer to the average writer, blogger, or author. It is literally within the grasp of anyone who wants it. But you need to know how to approach it the right way, with patience, with a strategy, and with the right implementation and execution. That's why I've been able to launch so many bestsellers, many that are still top of the charts, because we brought great books to the people who wanted and would pay for them. No slimy sales tactics, just honest, powerful marketing. Now, I want to show other authors and publishers how to do the same. Four months ago, I launched the pre-beta to a new super secret platform called Publishers Empire. In that time, I've helped a dozen authors and publishers start to bring their ideas to life. And with their help and feedback, we've quickly developed what is, in my opinion, the best, most comprehensive publishing training platform in the world. And now I'm getting ready to open the doors up to a few more students. So if you're interested in being part of a tight-knit family of publishers who help and support one another through their writing and publishing projects, if you want access to over 100 HT training videos to take you through the writing and publishing process, if you want access to proven copy and paste book marketing and sales copy, stuff that we've used to launch bestsellers, and if you'd like professional book covers and templates you could plug your own work into and look like a pro in minutes, and if you'd like all of that while getting the chance to be mentored by me, check out publishersempire.com and sign up to be notified when we launch. That's www.publishersempire.com. I hope to see you there. As always, this is Tom Morcus. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. Thank you for listening to In the Trenches. Your creative work doesn't stop here. Join the resistance, the small but growing army of entrepreneurs and artists putting a dent in the world at www.tommorkis.com. Never fight alone. Join the resistance.